as promised, we're back at Hull House for the least favorite movies of the Night of the Demons franchise. And that is Night of the Demons 3 and its 2009 remake, Night of the Demons. So let's just go ahead and get this out the way for everyone's sake here. It's another episode of Midnight Social Distortion. with another episode of Midnight Social Distortion. As always, I am your host, Marco Estes. And in today's episode, we will be continuing or rather completing my breakdown of the Night of the Demons franchise with not one movie, but two, because I don't like them that much. So I'm just going to burn through the both of them in one episode. And those movies are Night of the Demons 3 and the 2009 remake, Night of the Demons uh before i get into these movies i'm just gonna be honest with y'all um i do own night of the demons 2009 i do watch it from time to time but i look at it as a random like you know as a homage to the night of the demons franchise i don't consider it a decent remake um of i consider it a good movie to kill time with but as holding any candle to neither demons no and i've been previewing how much i hate neither demons three in previous in the first two episodes of this series and yeah i'm just gonna just be honest I, the last time i saw it because i was gonna watch it for this podcast but i was like do i want to put myself through that again um so because I just hate it that much, y'all. The only good thing, I know a lot of people argue that, well, you had the cat demon, but I'm like, that didn't save anything. And it was just, there was so much glaring fuckery around all of the somewhat good parts in the movie that it, the cat demon and even Angela, you know, Mimi Kincaid, as, I mean, Amelia Kincaid as Angela just could not save this movie. And, it's a good thing that the franchise ended when it did. And I was excited for the 2009 remake, but then they came in, I, you know, they kept putting it off. Um, and then they finally released it and gave us a proper trailer. Cause you get to sit there and look at this smash cut of the special effects person's work to get even the first glimpse of the movie. So then they finally gave us a proper trailer and a release date and I was there for it. But then, you know, watching the movie and seeing some of the stuff that they, did with it i was just like nah so let's just go ahead and get right into it the reason why i said all of that is because i didn't take any notes for night of demons 3 the last time i watched it so i'm just gonna go on old trusty wikipedia here and get all the information out of that i will say that 
the movie did come out in 1997. It actually came out on October 6, 1997. This movie was written by the original movie's director and writer, Kevin S. Tenney. And I was excited when I saw that he was attached to this because I was like, maybe we'll get some semblance of, you know, what we got the first time around because who else would know these characters and how to do do something with them than the person who created them. And I just realized that I'm not just realized though, but no, be dead as honest with you. I thought that he actually directed the movie as well, but come to find out that he didn't, he only wrote it, uh, or rather co-wrote it. Um, no, he just wrote the whole movie. The directing responsibilities went to Jimmy Kaufman and I don't know who the hell that is. Um, but he is known for doing episodic episode episodic episodes of Stargate SG-1, The Outer Limits, the 1995 TV series, and The Hunger. Yes, there was a, a TV show based on The Hunger, but it was an anthology series. And I'm not going to get deep into that right now because that's not what we're here for. But yeah, Jimmy Kaufman directed and it starred Amelia Kincaid again as Angela Franklin. Larry Day, Kristen Holden Reed, Tara Sloan, Gregory Kalpakis, Patricia Rodriguez, and Stephanie Balder. And like I said, it was released on October 7th, 1997. I don't think, I think it had like a short, uh, it had an unrated and rated version. I don't think either version would save this movie but that's just me just reading but um i can't recall if this movie actually did any short theatrical runs in certain areas i know one of those sequels did i know i read this somewhere though but um it doesn't matter but before i get into uh deep into night of demons 3 again a little quick uh story time like with the last episode um i said i didn't know that neither demons 2 was coming out until i saw a poster of it in um a video shop in my hometown and same thing happened with neither demons 3 um i thought that i saw because uh, you know this angela holding her um invitation in the iconic original poster then angela is in her she's drinking a martini with eyeballs in it in the that's the third one excuse me she's sucking on a sucker on the second poster and in the third poster she has you know the martini glass with the eyes in it uh, for the third movie and when i went to the store i thought that i was looking at neither demons 2 but kind of actuality it was neither demons 3 so i just said oh shit and of course it was checked out <laughs> my luck again but uh when it did come back in i did go ahead and rent it and i brought it home excited like oh my god there's a new night of the demons movie i did not know it was coming out yada 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 and was heavily disappointed uh where do i begin the direction of the movie it just looked very it's kind of like they either lost budget money from the last movie and they had to like scrape pennies just to get this movie made because as soon as we saw Hull House I was like that's not Hull House <laughs> we had a Halloween 5 the uh, the Revenge of Michael Myers situation 
where they wanted you to think that this big gothic house was the uh, Myers home after you know three movies showed you that it was this modest little you know house you know townhouse and part five it's like all of a sudden this house has grown in girth and in length and in and, um in height <laughs> so it's just it's just weird so they did something similar with night of the demons three the whole entire layout was different they're trying to tell you this is whole house and i'm like it just took me out the movie immediately and when they get inside the house, I'm like, y'all didn't even sit there and try to save the interiors. It's just, this looks horrible. It just looks like they did the entire movie in somebody's living room, dining room, and kitchen. And they shot most of the movie outside in like a shed and whatnot. And they reused scenes from Night of the Demons 1. Because again, Night of the Demons 2 kind of did the same thing. But at least Night of the Demons 2 still shot at the location that the original um, Night of the Demons was shot. Now, I will give, um, I don't know when it happened, but I will say that the original Night of the Demons Hull House, if I'm not mistaken, was demolished and torn down. So I don't know if that was before, after, I mean, I don't know if that was immediately after they shot Night of the Demons 2 or if something happened in between the shooting of Night of the Demons 2 and 3, or if this happened, like, or they just did not have the money to get the place again, and they just shot, they just saved money, they just shot at a new house. I don't know what happened, but it was just, you know, it was very glaring because the Hull House in itself is a character in the movies, the first two movies, because this is where all the shit breaks down, and this is Angela's home. Hull House is equivalent to um, 1428 Elm Street, you know, and if I can remember Michael Myers' um, address, I should know this, though, but I cannot think of it right now. It's too late at night. Anyway, but they're, they're, they're just as iconic because this is where, you know, you show a, a Camp Crystal Lake sign, you see, you, you know it's Michael Myers. I'm not, I mean, you know it's Jason Voorhees. If you see, you know, 4020 Elm Street, you know Freddy Krueger. If you see a good guy box, you know it's Chucky. You know, it's just the movie, I mean, the, the house or the item that is attached to a specific well-known character is, you know, um, it's just as much as a character as the character that it represents itself. So that's that before we get into the movie. Um, like I said, I'm going to go through Wikipedia. I'm going to read. So courtesy of Wikipedia, let's just go ahead and get the plot out the way so we can go ahead and get to the 2009 remake. Several years have passed after the massacre at St. Rita's Academy and on Halloween night, Officer Larry is on night watch at Hull House where he is confronted and murdered by Angela with his own police badge. Bad boy Vince, his promiscuous girlfriend Lois, and their friends Nick and Reggie are cruising through town in Vince's sidekick's car, in Vince's sidekick Orson's van. They stop to pick up head cheerleader Holly and her shy friend Abby, who broke down on their way to the school dance. On the side of the road, Holly remembers Nick from algebra class on the first day of school, and Nick speculates Holly likes him. Okay, with this paragraph alone, let me break down uh, what's going on here. So, we have Kristen Holden Reed, who plays Vince. Vince is pretty much 
I would say Vince is a maybe a correlation between Stooge and maybe Sal or maybe Stooge and um what is that boy name? The one that I did not like in Night of the Demons, the original. Um Jay. Lois is she's no Angela, but she's the bad girl of the group. Their friends, Nick. Nick is pretty much, I would say, a Sal type character. Reggie is, of course, um, Roger. Um, that's the only black guy in the whole cast. The sidekick Orson sounds more like Phil. Then you got Holly, who is clearly uh, uh, Judy. Then you have Abby, who is Judy's, I mean, who's uh, <laughs> who is Holly's best friend. She's considered a shy girl, so I say that's both Franny and uh, what's the girl name Helen put into one character. Again, this is written by Kevin S. Tenney, and I was just over it. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm going to continue because I don't want to get too far ahead. Um, while stopped at a convenience store. Reggie tries to buy beer with his brother's fake ID, but the unfriendly Kirk pulls out a shotgun. Tempest escalate and Vince steals the gun just as two police officers enter the store. One of the officers is accidentally shot when the clerk grabs Vince and the other shoots Reggie in the stomach twice. Of course, the black guy gets shot first. A fight between the officer and Vince breaks out, destroying the store. The teenagers and a wounded Reggie pile into the van, like the teenagers pile into the van with the... Anyway. Vince brings the shotgun, and Orson steals the police officer's gun, and they drive away. Fortunately, the officer they shot is wearing a bulletproof vest and is not harmed. Lieutenant Dewhurst, who is um, played by Vlasta Vrana, who is due to retire at midnight that night, watches the security camera playback of what happened and deduces that the clerk's story of a robbery is a cover for stealing the money from the cash register and that the kids are frightened teens rather than vicious cop killers. And there's also this thing with Lieutenant Dewhurst. I don't know if this synopsis is going to bring it up, but he, he's like, he's like, he likes magic. He likes to do magic tricks, like, you know, like practical magic tricks. So anyway, in the van, Vince notices that the gas tank is almost empty and they decide to hide out at Hull House. Abby tells Vince that the place is possessed and not to cross over the underground stream since demons cannot cross over running water. But Vince forces them all to enter at gunpoint. I could have sworn that they drove through the place first and then Vince made them all go into, I don't know. Anyway. Vince, trying to prove demons do not exist, taunts them and shoots a hole in the wall, causing the evil spirit that possesses the house to rush upstairs from the basement crematorium in the guise of Angela. Orson decides to stand up for himself and reveal that he has a police officer's pistol and tells Vince that he will watch the others and Angela while Nick, Lois, and Vince make sure no one else is in the house. Angela puts on some music and does an erotic dance to distract Orson. And Abby and Holly see this as an opportunity to escape with Reggie. Holly tries not Holly tries hot wiring Jesus the van, but remembers that Nick is still inside. Angela begins to seduce Orson, simulating fellatio by sucking the bullets out of the gun through the barrel. This is the only good scene that Angela has in this movie, by the way. Then she kisses Orson and her long demon tongue shoots through the back of his head, killing him. 
Meanwhile, upstairs, Nick sneaks up on Vince and Lois, who are making out, but fails to take the shotgun. And Vince fires the gun at Nick, but misses. Outside, Holly hears the shot and then overhears a voice over Larry's police radio and finds his car. Abby leaves Reggie in the van to look for Holly, but Angela takes Abby to a small chapel and plays on her insecurities and says she can make her an irresistible woman. And the demonic Angela kisses her and possesses her as well. The badly wounded Reggie hears his name called and leaves the van only to be run over by the now possessed Orson. Abby, who has been turned into a demonic version of her cat costume, seduces Vince until he hears the van crash. Lois, who is angry at Abby because she thinks that she is now the perfect woman to fall in love with Vince, is snatched by Abby after snap is scratched by Abby after slapping her. Then is pursued by Angela, who causes her hand to transform into a snake head, which bites her. Holly smashes the police car window to call the police, but is attacked by Officer Larry. He chases Holly across the courtyard when he steps when she steps over the underground stream. Larry tries to step over it and is disintegrated. Nick finds Holly going back into the house to get everyone. Nick finds Holly going back into the house to get everyone out. After encountering Orson, they hide in the attic and share a kiss. Orson appears and Holly throws a can of lye in his face. They rush down the hall when Dewhurst appears. And he explains that he wants to help, then handcuffs them and takes them outside. Vince runs along. Run, Vince runs outside using Angela as a hostage. Dewhurst tells Vince that the officer he shot did not die, but Angela convinces Vince that Dewhurst is lying. Vince opens fire, but is shot through the eye and killed, and Angela returns to her demonic form. The other demons appear, and Angela offers to let Dewhurst and Nick go free if Hollywood willing to give up her pure and powerful soul. Holly agrees and Angela turns Vince to a demon. The other demons make their way inside to hell. Dewhurst creates a diversion and stabs Angela with Nick's switchblade. Nick gets in the police car and rams Angela against a tree. As dawn breaks, Angela disappears inside the house. As the three make their way to the gate, Dewhurst tells Nick and Holly that they were not on the security camera at the store and no one would ever know they were there. Angela reappears just as they're about to escape and pulls Dewhurst's heart from his chest. She chases Holly and Nick, and just before they cross the underground stream, Angela grabs Holly's arm. Nick ends up pulling Holly and Angela both over the stream. Angela dissolves. Holly leaves a cross made of sticks at the gate and promises she'll be back every Halloween to make sure no one ever goes inside again. Holly and Nick then walk home, and the last screenshot of the house shows the lights turning on and Angela laughing and saying, Happy Halloween. Well, oh, just reading that gave me an aneurysm. Um, basically this, like I said, before I started reading the, you know, the synopsis, this movie was written by Kevin S. Tenney, who did the original. I'm reiterating that. So you would think that they would give like something, you know, it would be something great. That would be a, you know, a throwback to the original movie, but I don't know if it's because he didn't want to direct it or the, they didn't have the, means to give him the direction i don't know i don't all i know is is that this movie was pure horseshit and like i said the only good thing about the movie was angela and the scene with her sucking out the bullets out the gun that was pretty cool you know it probably could have been used in a previous movie but you know that was I, it felt like a leftover gag from a previous from one of the previous two movies and after that the movie just goes downhill i mean it went downhill as soon as um, Reggie, they started doing your mama jokes. 
1997. And I think even in 1997, people weren't cracking your mama jokes like that. I mean, they were so stale. I mean, since we're talking about a 90s movie, I'm going to use a 90s term to describe it. The jokes were stale. They weren't good. They were horrible. And it pretty much sealed the entire movie into a time capsule. Actually, it sealed it into a time capsule. What do they call them? Um, in a pocket universe of a time capsule that you cannot enter unless you just really search for the entryway and find your way in there and then try to bang your way back out. That's how bad it was. Um, but... Again, there was a like the ending of the movie was too, you know, it was too cookie cutter. I'm not saying that the neither move neither the demons first the previous two movies weren't cookie cutter, but then again, yeah, because of, compared to the other two movies, this was a cookie cutter ending, and especially with the cop constantly telling the kids, "Oh, you guys are you guys didn't kill the cop. He's okay." And you know, you by this time everybody's dead. And then the two last survivors are like, you know, oh, you guys are not on camera, so you guys are good to go. You know, you who gives a shit? There's a fucking demonic woman chasing us. Like, we don't care about what happened at the fucking, um, you know, uh, convenience store. We're trying to get out of here alive. And so it was just like, I, the convenience store happened. Y'all deal with this shit once y'all get past them gates. Get the fuck out of there. And then the whole thing, well, like I said, the house and the last scene with all the demons in the window looked like a bad Halloween attraction. Uh, you know, like at um, well, not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put that on Halloween Haunted Nights um, down there at Universal Studios. I'm not gonna put that on them. But just think of a bad Halloween attraction where everybody's standing in front of a window with a light behind them, and you're just just sitting there just doing like you know spooky stuff. That's all it was pretty much doing. And for them to go to like this portal, just like, why, you know, like y'all are dead, you know? So, and why the fuck did Angela want Holly's soul so damn badly? You know, it's like, you just lucked up on this damn soul. It's like, you were so gung ho on getting this pure soul that there's no, you haven't said, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was to devour or maybe just, you know, they have fun with poor. I, I get that. I understand it. But these kids just so happen to land on your um, front porch and you're just, you know, I don't know. It just it just seemed everything seemed tacked on like they wanted to get a neither demon sequel, which is also called Demon House, which I just hate. They wanted to get a neither demon sequel made and they just brought in the original writer to come in and just be like, look, we're trying to do something. Get us get us to our starting point and we'll just take it from there even the opening credits of the movie was an homage to the original animation of the original movie and it still sucked i mean it looks because it was computer generated not only was it computer generated but it felt like it was on loop it's like they took a few shots like they like they probably budgeted themselves look just do a couple of animated scenes that we can loop around our opening credits and whatnot. It was just so unnecessary. They tried to be so hip with it and it just, uh, no. Um, the second movie didn't do those animated credits, but I still kind of like the animated. I still like the opening scene from the second movie. Um, I didn't even miss the opening scene in the first, I mean the second movie because, you know, it's a good scene to set the stage. You know, Angela still looks like she has her original dress from the first movie. The only thing that different was that Angela's hair was not in like 
hair what's that stuff hair gel and hair sprayed out to have like this goth punk look to it but her hair was more like curly down her like flowing down her um her shoulders and stuff and her chest and similar here but angela just has on like this like nightgown type not nightgown but like it's not a wedding dress if it's a wedding dress it was more like she got a copy of um weddings in hell magazine and decided to order a dress a new dress to put on but it's just i guess to try to look more modern i, I don't know but it just like again there's a lot of stuff that took away from the you know the, the point of the movie but anyway other than that other stuff like i said the black guy got shot out of you know you know he and that was the guy from one of those cart i don't know if it was um not hang time, but one of those teen NBC dramas. He was on one of those. I think he was. If he wasn't, I know he was on some type of show. But anyway, it just was just blah. Um, the character of Lois, you didn't get a chance to like any of these characters. Unlike in the original movie and in the sequel, these kids are all obnoxious. Um, Holly... I would say Holly is a more likable final girl than, dare I say it, Judy. You know, I told you guys in the original episode that Judy was very saccharine sweet. Just, you know, like, oh, come on, guys. Oh, guys, come on. We shouldn't be doing this and we should go. It's just like that's the only thing she said until it was time for her to have to, you know, do something. Um, She was a damsel in distress, but she ended up being the final girl by default. Um... But Holly seemed to be more in action. You know what I'm saying? She she seemed to be more, what's the word I'm looking for? She was modern. I would say like this. She didn't seem like she was a, a stereotype, even though you could tell that she was the final girl. Um, her friend, Abby, who was the girl turned into the cat, she was likable too, but, you know, she gave me more Judy than you know but she was she had a little bit of common sense to her but her for her to sit there and like get seduced by angela like that it was just like oh because she was but then again you know helen was like look like the same type you know like okay shit's crazy it's time to go but then as soon as she's tried to leave she gets you know yanked up so but at the end of the day you know either or holly I, if I if I had to switch places with Holly, I would switch places with Holly and Judy. Um, BB from Neither Demons Two again. I felt like she was a better final girl, even though it's her and Mouse that are technically and Sister Gloria. Let's not forget are the final girls of the movie. Final girls, excuse me, of the movie. But I feel like it was like a holy, uh, <laughs> holy trinity of some sort for them to get out and. You know, and like I said, none of these kids were likable. None of them. Um, I mean, I sound of Holly, but other than that, it was just like you want all of them to get slaughtered as soon as you see them. As soon as they start talking, you want them to get slaughtered. And there is this like shot in the movie when the kids are in the van, um, the like Lois, uh, Vince, and the other three. Um, There's a shot of Nick that is very weird. He looks very spooky, and it just looked very out of place like they didn't it was very bad editing just bad lighting bad editing all that um i 
I mean, there's uh, so much I can do to drag this movie, but I mean, again, the 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 tacked on actually it's a tacked on ending, but the whole scenario of I'm gonna make sure I come back every Halloween to prevent anybody else from going into a Hull house. Why can't you guys just demolish the fucking place? Like, if you want to set bombs around it or something like that, and just blow it the hell up do that um but then i guess they were like well, we if we you know break the underground stream that the demons might get out and do something i don't know it just i mean why weren't y'all doing that to begin with um i know they had what you call it police patrol because i think that's what um larry officer larry was doing was police patrol but there's still people that show up at the house and still end up going missing. You know, in the first, in the second movie, there were the two, uh, I think they were Jehovah Witnesses or I forget who Angela chopped up at the beginning of the movie. There was, there were those two. And then, I mean, just, just blow the place up. If you want to do that either, or I feel like, I guess because everybody was talking about trilogies at the time. This is 97, so Scream was getting ready to talk about, you know, movie trilogies and shit. So, actually, Scream 2 hadn't came out yet, but Scream had came out. And Scream 2 hadn't came out yet. And I don't think anybody knew that the Scream series was going to, was supposed to be a trilogy at that time. We were just trying to get to the second movie. And so, they probably want to just end it on a note where it's like, okay, we're not going to do no more of these because maybe Angela's not being the marketable horror villain that we wanted her to be. And then again, I think a lot of horror at that point in time until Scream, because I'm thinking that Night of the Demons, I could be wrong, but Night of the Demons 3 probably was made the same year it was released or was probably made, you know, toward the end of um, 1996 and then released for the Halloween season. I don't know. I have no idea how this shit works. Maybe I'll sit there and ask somebody to post up the interviews and commentaries from the Night of Demons 3 fort, I mean, Blu-ray release so I can hear what happened. Um, I think there's supposed to be a documentary coming out that goes through all the movies, but I'm just going to go ahead and shorten it here um, because, like I said, that was a good point to end the franchise because there was nowhere else you could take it. Um, I feel like if they had stayed, stayed the course that the second movie did, they could have came up with a creative way to near, um, not narrate, but, um, di- but yeah, navigate, navigate the franchise, but I don't know. They just, like, this seemed like a rush job that was written in like one day. And then they went to cameras the very next day, you know, just to get it on the market for before Halloween season. So Anyway, so let's just go ahead and head over to the 2009 remake. At least the remake tried to do something new. I mean, it's again, it's a remake in name only. Uh, I remember when they announced the remake, and this is when you know the I had just got out of college. Or I think I was in college when they announced the remake and I got out of college in 2008 looking for this remake to drop. Um, at this point in time, I have access to the Internet because I just graduated from college. You know, I've found websites like Bloody Disgusting, Dread, um, you know, 
I've bought a few Fangoria magazines if I could afford them back then, whenever they were, you know, I was able to go to the store and pick one up. So I was aware this time around and I wanted the movie to be, you know, I said, if anything needs to be remade, it'd be great if they did like a Night of the Demons movie or even a Demons remake, you know, because those movies are so obscure to me. They were at the time because I didn't, I, every time I bring up the fact that have you seen Night of the Demons, I would get this look from people's faces like you know uh what are you talking about and i thought that it was just a movie that a lot of people didn't like thankfully i found my horror family tribe and you know now i indicate if you've seen night of the demons then you pretty much are ready for the deep cuts of horror because you know i've said this in previous podcast episodes here i've said it in other people's podcast episodes and other appearances but I feel like it's kind of like that Apple music thing where you have your favorite artist, you have their notable um, singles. Then you might have their, you know, I think it's called um, deep cuts. And then it's like, you know, I think I forget what the name of it is, but anyway, there's like these three tiers. Like, you know, these songs, you want to go deeper into them. Here's some deep cuts and here are some, you know, not obscure, but just pretty much, you know, like, greatest you know great songs i don't know what the thing is titled but i feel like that's what it was with night of the demons and other franchises out there um because you know people say oh yeah i love horror and they'll only mention like a night on elm street halloween or friday 13th and when they even mention those they're like oh yeah i liked all the freddy movies or i liked all the michaels movies or like all the chucky movies and all the you know jason movies and you know it'd be like oh but did you see night of the demons i don't know what that is i've never heard of it and you'd be like, oh, wow, you only like mainstream horror. You know, and you don't want to shut that big gatekeeping. You know, it's just the fact that you like, oh, well, let me, if you're really into horror like that, then let me introduce you to something a little bit, you know, out there. So I was in favor for a Night of Demons remake. And this is around the time where remake the, the remake craze was in full effect. You know, you had the... Friday the 13th remake, you had, I think Halloween, um, the Halloween remake was getting ready to come out around this time. Um, <coughs> I think it actually came out the year before. So you had all the remakes going on of classic movies. And I was of the can, uh, not can, I was of the crowd where it's like, I don't have an issue with remakes of obscure movies, you know, like sorority, the house of sorority row, you got sorority row or, you know, um, uh, what else was remade back then that was coming? Oh, Silent Night, Daily Night. You had Silent Night. You know, stuff like that. Stuff that not too many people know about. Or even Sleepaway Camp or something like that. But it didn't get a remake, but I'm just saying. Movies like that. Don't touch um, A Night on the Elm Street. Don't touch Friday the 13th. They don't need to be remade. There's, you know, we get it, you know, but they want to, you know, refresh the franchises and what I get it now. But back then, I was very against it. But if you want to remake something, remake something that not too many people know about, um, like they did with Black Christmas and stuff. You know, it gives you it, it generates interest to those movies that not too many people are aware of, like something like Night of the Demons. Um, so when it came out, when they announced it, I was OK, great. I was hoping that it was got in the hands of like a bigger studio. That's just me. But again, it was one of those movies that only a certain amount of people knew. So it made sense for it to be produced by an indie studio and this time around but they still managed to get people who were recognizable and who had starred in a lot of you know horror movies 
around that time. So the movie was written by Jace Anderson and Adam Gersh. I can't pronounce his last name, y'all. Um, wait a minute. Did I just do? Did I read something wrong? Hold on a second. I'm trying to check a fact here. Oh. <laughs> I did make a big mistake. I'm sitting here talking like I'm the biggest Knights of Demons um, aficionado, but Joe Augustine wrote the original movie. Kevin S. Tenney only directed it. So, uh, wow. So Joe Augustine was was involved with the all three movies of you know all three of the original movies, and I feel like he should have stepped in and like that's probably why. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Joe and Kevin should have wrote the third movie and one of them should have directed it. That's just how I feel. But anyway, but directed and written by Adam, um, co-written by Adam Garage and co-written by Jace Anderson based on characters by Joe Augustine. Night of the Demons 2009 was screened at Fright Fest on August 30th, 2009. Then it's released on for Halloween October 19th, 2010. So I didn't get it. I didn't get a chance to see it until 2010 because I did order the um, DVD. I couldn't find a copy of the Blu-ray anywhere. And thank God. But anyway, um, then again, no, because I think, I don't know. I think the Blu-ray had extra features on that. The um, DVD did not. That's one of the reasons why I wanted the Blu-ray. So it was produced by Greg McKay and Kevin S. Tenney and Michael Arata. And it starred Shannon Elizabeth, Monica Kina, Diora Baird, Bard, whatever her name is, Michael Copon, Bobby, Bobby Sue Luther, excuse me, John F. Beach, and Edward Furlong. Now, they rearranged the entire um, backstory for the, you know, house it's not whole house anymore it's called the broussard broussard um house and angela um franklin is no longer angela i mean angela franklin is now angela failed and all the people in the movie have last names almost um the production took place in new orleans because the film was based in new orleans um so this is according to Wikipedia. Principal photography took place in New Orleans in October 2008. There are several differences between the original remake, with the most notable being the change in location as well as an updated plot, which I'll get into in a minute. Linnea Quigley, who starred in the original film as Suzanne, has a cameo in this film. And that's pretty much the only good thing. I'm going to say, I mean, let me rewind it back. Um, Basically, there was supposed to be, I guess in a few minutes, but the good thing about the movie is it introduced me to the song black, um, number one by type O negative. And it also has, uh, the name of the, the theme song of the movie is neither Dean is about 45 grave. Who you pretty much know from, um, return of the living dead. So they had a nice little soundtrack though. I could list all of that, but I probably wait till later, but let's just get into the plot here. The movie, had a budget of ten million dollars and it made sixty four thousand and forty dollars. <laughs> I that it's just I don't know 
Wow, that's probably why they had to uh try to do a Kickstarter for the second movie in that. But I get to that in a minute. Jesus. Okay, so plot according to Wikipedia. In 1925, Evangeline Broussard goes to an evening gathering with her lover, Louis, who is into black magic. While at a seance, a group of demons are summoned and state that they need seven human sacrifices to rise again. Frightened by this, she prepares to hang herself from her balcony to stop their plans. Lewis attempts to stop her, but she jumps, hanging herself while decapitating, hanging herself while being decapitated in the process. Lewis stares over the balcony as his eyes become demonic. In the present, Maddie, who is um, Monica Kina, and her friends Lily and Suzanne. Lily is Dara Bard, and Suzanne is Bobby Sue Luther. They attend a party held by Angela Feld, who is, of course, Shannon Elizabeth. Also, there is Maddie's drug-dealing ex-boyfriend, Colin, who is played by Edward Furlong, Lily's ex-boyfriend, Dex, who is played by Michael Capone, and, their, and his friend, Jason, who is played by John F. Beach. While at the party, Angela prompts everyone to go wild as she must make money off the party or she will have to live on the streets. She's doing a rent party, technically. Lily and Dex eventually reunite while Suzanne becomes incredibly drunk. That's one of the best scenes in the movie because I will say this about the movie before I go further. Um, it was well shot. There are a lot of memorable memorable scenes in the movie, but you know, outside of that, I'll get to it in a minute, but I was going to say there's a scene with um, Suzanne having fun and it's just well shot and Angela walking through a party and like dousing everybody with alcohol. It's very well shot. It's it's one of the great one of the great moments from the movie. Um, when Maddie goes to the bathroom, her hands grab her through the mirror, with the others passing it off as an elaborate trick placed by Angela. Eventually, police officers arrive to break up the party as everyone leaves except for Angela, leaving an upset Angela alone in the house. Meanwhile, there is a cameo appearance by Scream Queen Tiffany Shepard as a character named Diana, who is in charge of stamping people and taking the money before they go inside the house. She leaves with all of Angela's money. Um, Maddie, Lily, and Dex, and Jason soon return to find Suzanne, who has passed out. Colin and Angela go into the basement to find the drugs he had hid earlier. They find a hidden door and Angela marks that the house is full of hidden rooms, including a tunnel that leads to the next estate over. They enter the room and find six skeletons, whom Angela believes are the remains of the missing party guests of Evangeline Broussard. One of the skeletons bites Angela's hand. Colin attempts to leave the house only to discover that the gate is locked while everyone plans to wait the night out. Suzanne tells the group of a story of, of a night that led to Evangeline and her friend's deaths. The only person found alive was the maid who was found scribbling spells on her walls, having been driven insane by the night's events. Angela slowly succumbs to the skeleton bite and turns into a demon. She returns to the group and infects Dex by kissing him, who in turn infects Lily by going anal on her. Yeah, it was, it was, I'll get into all that in a minute. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it throughout the plot, the, the plot synopsis. While Maddie and Jason and Colin leave to find another exit, Angela seduces Suzanne and turns her into a demon. Jason finds a demonic Lily and goes to warn the others. They are initially skeptical until the demonic Suzanne attacks them. 
They decide to escape through the tunnel only to discover it has caved. The group is then attacked by Lily and Dex as Jason is injured. The survivors run upstairs and tend to Jason's injury and realize they are in the maze room with the symbols she drew still on the walls, acting as a weird, acting as a ward against the demons. They discover that the demons were thrown out of hell for trying to usurp Satan's rule and need seven human vessels to be free. The demons had tricked Evangeline into hosting the, the party so they could take over the guests, but failed after she hanged herself as they cannot possess corpses. Soon the walls begin pouring with blood that washes the spells away. The trio attempt to redraw the spells, but are lured out of the room when the demons fake daylight in the windows. Maddie and Kaylin, Maddie and Kaylin, excuse me, Maddie and Colin rush back to the room while Jason is caught and disemboweled by Angela coming back to life as a demon. As they plan to wait in the room until sunrise, Colin falls through the floorboards into the basement. Maddie attempts to help him, but he's revealed to now be a demon. Maddie manages to get back to the maze room and fights the demons off. She makes her way to the balcony where she ties a rope around her neck and jumps over, seemingly hanging herself. As the sun rises, the demons are killed. Maddie reveals that she only pretended to hang herself, having tied the rope around her waist, and the demons merely assumed that she was dead. Maddie is then able to exit through the gates to her freedom. Let me tell you how, you know, blase people are about this movie. That plot synopsis was riddled with errors. It's, I mean, still, I mean, just like they just rushed it to just, I don't know. Somebody was paid to do the wiki for it. And they just said they did a half-assed job. So anyway, and they rushed through it to the point where they left out a lot of the gags that were in the movie. For instance, um, Dex possessed Lily by having sex with her and it was rough. And then he decides to go anally and that's when he possesses her. And as he's possessing her tentacles come out her breasts and maggots or worms fall out of um, Dex's mouth and Lily's tongue turns into like a demonic tongue or something like that. And you can see her teeth growing and stuff. It was kind of like crazy. Then the scene where Jason runs into Lily in the bathroom, she's her normal self, but she actually redoes the lipstick trick that Suzanne did in the original movie to like um, Jason's bewilderment. Then they take it a step further by having her pull the lipstick out of her vagina. Now I would say it's something else though, but I know I'm trying to be, you know, I mean, he pulled, she pulled out her pussy. We're all grown. We're all adults here. And it's bloody. And then Jason goes calmly back into the living room and tries to tell them like, Hey, something weird is going on with Lily. And they try to, they play it off, but just like, they're just looking at him like you're on some shit tonight, whatever. That's when they get attacked by Lily and um, Suzanne. And Suzanne is seduced. Actually, Suzanne's um, death scene is very cool. Um, Bobby Sue Luther has like big breasts. And her and Angela are like, no, they're dancing with each other and it's very sexual, but then they start to float. And Angela's face is transforming as thunder lights up outside and Suzanne is so drunk that she doesn't pay attention to it till it's too late. Angela scratches off her breasts, you know, the nipples and stuff like that. And you know, the first part of her titties and stuff. And then 
bites her entire face off. So Suzanne has like this skeletal face with these, you know, uh, scratched up titties. Lily has like um, these tentacles that shoot out of her titties. And also her hair looks like they borrowed a wig from the Predator because they go from... So, um, Lily had like this curly, bouncy hair, and it's, when she's in demonic form, her head looks like it was a combination. It, you know what? Not the predator, seal from species. Think of like seal's um head when she's in alien form and species. That's how it looked because they were all slimy and shit. And then um, Dex just looked like he had like uh one of those red um demonic mask you probably see at spirit halloween or something like that with one horn sticking out of it let's the demonic makeup looked a, a they looked modern i mean, I mean they, for the time they were very modern but in angela's demonic form she went from being like you know she had like these horns growing out her head they looked like a ram's head or something like that uh or you know the character from Little Monsters with Harry Mandel and um, Fred Savage. You know how Harry Mandel's um, horns look? They kind of look like that, but just think of like a, like I said, like a, a ram. She like a ram's head, you know, so. And, yeah, that's, and then there were some other scenes where, um, for instance, I was trying to figure out why in the hell when the spell, when the blood started trying, when the blood tried to wipe the walls down, wipe the spells off the wall, excuse me, rather. I'm like, how do y'all know what the spells look like? Like, did you guys really pay attention and like rec remember the, you know, the symbols and shit? Because it seemed like y'all would have fucked up and just deleted the spells, even made them even worse. You could have made the situation worse than what it was. Um, and then I think the best thing about the movie was the trick of like, you know, getting them outside of the room to run out. I thought that was a cool move right there um but other than that you know it's let's just say it like this um the night of the demons remake even though i know a lot of people piss on it and i said you know i'm just trying to get it out the way to be completest because you as part of the franchise i still prefer it over part three like if i would do a night of the demons rewatch right now i would watch night of the demons one night of the demons two the remake and if i just felt like it i would probably watch part three but it'd probably be i probably cut it off within the first 15 20 minutes to go to sleep um so i kind of hold part i kind of hold the remake miles above the third movie and the uh, original trilogy because it's fun it, it, it's fun as a movie a horror movie as a night of demons remake no um that doesn't mean that the director and the writer, the writers did not have, you know, good intentions in mind, especially Kevin S. Tenney. I was just shocked because I'm, again, today years old. I mean, I probably remember that Kevin S. Tenney did not write the original Night of the Demons, but he gets all the, you know, the accolades for directing the first movie. And I feel like if Jace Anderson actually helped him write the first movie, then uh, actually wrote the first movie, then I think that he should you know, get some of that, you know, acclaim. Kind of like um, Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson. I know a lot of people, excuse me, say, you know, Kevin Williamson, I mean, um, Wes Craven is like the the God, the Godfather. I mean, he is the Godfather. I mean, don't get me wrong. He is. He is. 
But when it comes to the Scream series, he could not have done that without Kevin Williamson. I actually recently just watched, um, rewatched rather, the 100 scariest um, moments in horror that Bravo did all those years ago. And Kevin, I mean, Kevin, um, Wes Crave even said that he fell in love with the script. You know, he said that script was just amazing. So he gives Kevin Williamson props, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like with Wes now gone and now people are like looking at Kevin Williamson like, well, okay, well, you're still here. You know, what do you think should do? And he's producing the later screen movies and whatnot. So especially the last two that he didn't write, but you know, they're based on his characters and Kevin Williamson is a powerhouse in himself. He's made a name of himself in the horror community, but either way, what I'm trying to say is, but you know, I feel like Jace Anderson should get, if that's, yeah, if he's, not Jace Anderson, excuse me, excuse me. Jace Anderson did the remake. I meant Joe Augustine. Um, if Joe Augustine did the wrote the original movie and he produced all three of the original movies, then he needs to get some shine too. I'm not saying that he doesn't. I don't know. I just don't know. His name doesn't come up a lot. Joe Augustine's name doesn't come up a lot when people talk about Night of the Demons. It's usually just Kevin S. Tenney and the cast um and the effects master um i'm pretty sure joe augustine was in the night of the demons um documentary called you are you're invited i don't know if i don't think you're invited talked about all three movies though i did hear back in the day they were going to do a night of the demons retrospective film documentary rather I don't know if it's going to be for the entire series or it's going to be for the original three movies and maybe they're going to mention the remake. I don't know, but I didn't know there was talk about that. But um, at the end of the day, I do uh, recommend anybody to watch the remake just to sit there and see if you liked it or not. I know certain people actually watched the remake and they said they liked them better than the original because they felt like the original was very cheesy. Uh, I feel like the remake is just as cheesy. I think these movies are full of cheese. Um, I just feel like I, you should at least watch Night of the Demons at least once. I'm talking about the original movie and even the remake and even the second movie. And if you just want to go watch Night of the Demons 3, you go right ahead. I I mean, especially if you end up becoming a fan of the films and you can sit there and just watch it, you know, and just make your own decisions on it. Um... But as far as Night of the Demons, the remake, like I said, a lot of stuff was, you know, when I kept hearing news about it, especially the fact they said it in New Orleans, which is just amazing. I have a complete love affair with New Orleans and them setting that there was perfect. I didn't, I wasn't upset about it not being called, the house not being called Hull House no more because, I mean, this is a remake. You don't have to have everything like, you know, this is not a, this is not a franchise established like a Diamond Anne Street or um, Halloween or Friday Thirteenth. Like if you just start decide to set you know the new a remake of Friday Thirteenth at somewhere besides Crystal Lake, it's gonna be some shit. If you decide to set you know another Halloween movie somewhere that's not Haddonfield, it's gonna be some shit. If you decide to set a Nightmare on Elm Street movie somewhere that is not Springwood, it's gonna be some shit. So. But you didn't never know the town of Night of the Demons. You never knew the city or the state even. So it was a good move. Let's just say all the chips were lined up great. It's just the movie just did not. Um, it didn't make. Let's say I would say the only good thing about Night of the Demons, the remake, is that it made a lot of people want to go back and watch the, re, um, the original. 
And despite me hearing some people say they didn't, they prefer the remake over the original. I do know that there is many more people who prefer the original over the remake. So, um, you know, but yeah, you know, that's Night of the Demons, y'all. Um, the 2009 remake was supposed to have been uh, followed by a sequel. Now, by those box office numbers, you know, sequel where? <laughs> this is why they had to do a Kickstarter. And I remember the plot from, I remember them announcing the Kickstarter for the Night of the Demons 2 or Night of the Demons after party which is the official name for it and it was supposed to take place the following halloween with the you know i told you guys to because they didn't mention her in the uh, plot but the character of diana who was um over watching angela's you know she was the person the gatekeeper the gatekeeper but the person who was charging people for they went inside the party she's the one holding the, the box of you know cash for angela and all this stuff what was supposed to happen was that somehow Diana was supposed to go back to her house, not her house, but to the Broussard house, get possessed by, you know, Angela. And then, which is kind of weird, but um, either way, she was supposed to get possessed by Angela and they were going to have a Halloween party at this graveyard. And in the midst of Angela transferring people into demons, and stuff she was going to start reaching into the ground and resurrecting dead people out of the graves that was a scene they were talking about and I, I don't know if the clip is still out there on youtube anywhere announcing it but it's it was the kickstarter was um announced by kevin s tenney and um the actress tiffany shepis um and I think I don't think that anybody else from the remake was going to be a part of this Kickstarter. I mean, outside of um, Tiffany Shepard, I don't think anybody else from the remake was going to be a part of this movie. So I don't think there was going to be a return of Maddie. I don't think there was going to be um, like any cameos from the original films um, people. I just think that it was just going to be a continuation of it was going to be a just straight continuation of this remake and new people in front of the camera that was going to co-star with Tiffany Shepard and all that. They Their goal was $250,000. They didn't make that. So it just languished. And many people don't even know that that even happened, which, you know, goes to show you that this movie, the remake was not well received by a lot of people. Like I said, some people watch it just, you know, to kill time. It is set on Halloween. They may watch it during the Halloween season or whatnot. But outside of that, just like, oh, I feel like watching the Night of Demons remake. No, um, only if they were like, well, you watched the, you watched the original. Do you want to watch the remake? Oh, this, that's the only time people might sit there and mention that remake. Um, the remake is available on various streaming platforms i i don't think it's available on netflix though um i know it's not available on hbo max the last time i saw it on something was tubi and amazon prime and that's it i haven't seen it anywhere else i don't think there's i know there's like i said you want to buy the blu-ray out there 
Um, it's out there for you to buy. Uh, I do know that I there is a there is a steal of Lily, um, of of Diora Bears Lily, of that I actually loved from the promotional steal. So it's I feel like that was the best thing that came out of the promotional material. I didn't like the poster. Uh, the poster was very blah. Um, I guess they were trying to not reveal too much when the movie was in production or whatnot. But anyway, that is my my rundown of the entire Night of the Demons franchise. I hope you enjoyed it. It took three episodes, but goddamn it, we made it. So what do you think about the franchise? Are you a fan of Night of the Demons? Are you a fan only of the original? Have you seen any of the sequels or the remake? Hell, have you even seen the original yet? You know, there's still people out there who have not seen the original. And it's going to always be people that have not seen the original that are horror fans because there's a horror fan born every minute. And they're born to happy horror families. And this movie is going to be seen for the first time for generations to come. So I know there's somebody out there that has not seen it. And I would love to sit there and witness that um, experience with you. Um, I'm not saying you could call me up. I'm about to watch Night of the Demons. Do you want to see it? Like, no. I'm saying that I wish I could watch it again for the first time myself. You know, that's one of those movies that I would like to watch again for the first time. I was terrified of it the first time I saw it. But then it became a fixture in my rotation of horror films and whatnot. Um so yeah, let me know what you thought of the entire franchise. Do you think they need to bring it back? Um, I mean, hell, we got three different timelines. Was it four? One, two, three. we got four different timelines for the Halloween franchise. I think five or six for the um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, so I'm pretty sure if they did another Night of the Demons movie, it would be well received as long as it's in the right hands and the right people are brought on board to star in it. I, you don't have to make it internet based or anything like that, or just, just give us something simple. You don't have to do anything outlandish to, you know, land a crowd or anything like that. Um, so this ends this episode of midnight social distortion. You can find me on Instagram at Mark Estes or midnight social distortion. Like I said previously, I'm thinking about, um, deleting the midnight social distortion account that's my public account and i might be directing people to my threads account which is public my marco estes account on instagram is private and the threads account which is of course run by instagram which is also run by facebook so you can find me on threads at marco estes and that's open to anybody who wants to follow me i encourage you to go find me on there i'm usually on there a bit more than i am on twitter or twixt or x where there you can find me at the anti-critic um you can find me on blue sky under marco estes you can find me on spiel under marco estes and you can also find me on scream kings that's kings with a z not an s and you can also find me on the altar tapes which is getting ready to release a whole bunch of contents very very soon so hopefully you enjoyed my rundown of the Night of the Demons franchise. I will probably return back to these movies eventually one day. And until next time, peace. <laughs>